As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode on Sunday evening, Arsenal have just beaten Liverpool 3-2 to reclaim top spot in the Premier League. Gabriel Martinelli and Bukayo Saka were the big FPL point scorers with 27 points between them. I painfully sold Saka for Wilfred Zaha on Friday night in what felt like a 50-50 decision ahead of blank game week 12. It's 10 points lost, but hopefully Zaha will claw some of those points back over the next few game weeks. There's one more game to go in game week 10, which is Nottingham Forest against Aston Villa on Monday night. As usual, there's Champions League action again this week, so be patient with those transfers. We also need updates on the fitness of Alexander-Arnold, Luis Diaz, Mitrovic and Harry Kane. It's a Friday deadline in FPL this week, 6.30pm UK time. Brentford versus Brighton is the Friday night match. Then it's a midweek Tuesday deadline for game week 12. So make sure you're on the ball over the next couple of game weeks in terms of deadlines. On today's podcast, I'll do a quick gaming review, update the watch list, answer 10 questions from Twitter and take a look at captaincy and potential transfers for game week 11. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. Quick review of Game Week 10. I sold Saka, as I mentioned, who scored 15 points. Zaha got 5, so at least he didn't blank. That was my free transfer. The plan was always to get Zaha Game Week 10. I said that to myself when I wildcarded in Game Week 8. I was going to wait for Zaha to get the blank out of the way and the Chelsea game. Then I was always going to go there for Game Week 10 onwards, probably until the World Cup, because Crystal Palace have those good fixtures. 71 points all out, which is enough for a green arrow, probably of about 100,000 places, hopefully a little bit more. Cancelo with 18, Trippier 7, Martinelli 12, De Bruyne 6, Zaha 5, Captain Haaland with 12, and Tony with 5 got the points. While there was blanks from Pope again, Botman, who I got off the bench for Mitrovic, and also James and Madison. Frustrating to see Reese James on the bench. Lots and lots of changes from Graham Potter. I think it was seven in all. So that was a bit of a nightmare for FPL managers. 
a watch list update now as there is no 59th minute shoutouts this game week. First of all, players removed. Perisic on the bench again, just a very, very frustrating pick in FPL if you own him. I've got no interest in going there anytime soon. I just don't want that rotation headache week after week. Mohamed Salah is gone from the watch list as well. Just not worth the money at the moment. A couple of questions about Liverpool assets to come, so I will come back to him. But again, I would just prefer to lose him now and spread the cash around the squad because we don't need him for the captaincy. Luis Diaz removed as well because they've got Man City next. And it also looks like Diaz might have a serious injury. Seen a few tweets Sunday evening that he left the ground on crutches. So they did say he's going to get a scan. Likewise with Trent Alexander-Arnold. So we need to see what happens with those two during the week. But doesn't look like we'll be picking Luis Diaz anytime soon. Also removed Bernardo Silva because I think the ideal triple up for City at the moment is Cancelo, Phil Foden and Haaland. So I've got De Bruyne, probably going to look to move off him at some point, probably in game 12 to open the door and free up lots of cash and go for Foden in that spot instead. So if you go Cancelo, Foden, Haaland, there is no place for Bernardo Silva. Harvey Barnes has also been removed. I brought in Madison last game week. Got the 18-pointer. Frustrating to see him blank this game week. He's now on four yellow cards as well, which is a concern. One more and he will miss a game. So it would be typical FPL for Madison to get booked to game week 11 and miss game week 12 when we all need him. But I'm not looking to double up on the Leicester attack. For me, Madison is enough. That's why Harvey Barnes has been removed. On to Newcastle, I have removed Joe Willock. I added him and Almiron last week to the watch list. Almiron did the business again, got his fourth goal of the season. Willock is yet to score. I think it's just two assists for him. So if I'm going for a very cheap Newcastle midfielder, it will be Almiron rather than Willock. Aubameyang gone as well. Rotated out of the team. Broja got a goal. Havertz got a goal. Too many options in attack for Potter. So Aubameyang at 9 million. No thank you. Removed Welbeck also. Simply because I don't think he's got a goal yet this season. Fluffed a few chances again this game week. But more so Trossard is the one I want if I go for a Brighton attacker. He's basically out of position now. You know, Playing up front. Playing a lot more central. So I don't see myself going for Welbeck and Trossard. So Welbeck is out of my thoughts. And Trossard is very much in them. Final player removed this week. Had quite a clear out of the watch list this week. I don't think I removed any players in last week's episode. So good to have a bit of a, a clear out this week. Diego Costa got his first start for Wolves. But didn't make it to 60 minutes. He was one of the closest players to getting a shout out this week. I think it was around 57, 58. Again, just not looking to invest there at the moment. Now, more importantly, which players have been added? First up, Kepa at Chelsea seems to be retaining his place as Potter's number one goalkeeper so far. The only concern there is we've seen with how many changes Potter has made in that one game, we could see him rotate his goalkeepers from time to time as well. So Kepa is a scary pick. I think if you have Ward, I'm stuck with Everson. So in hindsight now, I probably would rather have Ward at the moment because I think it's easier to go for Kepa if you have Ward to fall back on. Yes, it might only be one or two points every week, but it's better than zero points from an Everson or someone else who doesn't play. So Kepa, I think he's only around 4.4 million. You know, I've got Nick Pope, who is 5.2 or 5.3. Feels a lot better to spend a lot less on Kepa at the moment over most of the other goalkeepers. It continues to be the most frustrating position in the FPL this season. 
We are in game week 10 and I still have had just one clean sheet so far. That was Ederson a couple of weeks back. I've had Pope for three game weeks, I think it is now, and still no points. So Kepa on the watch list. If you're looking for a new goalkeeper and you've got a sub-goalkeeper who plays, I certainly like Kepa as a pick now. Another Chelsea player added, Kukurea. He was back in the team. We know... He was a favourite of Potter's at Brighton, so I expect him to get significant game time between now and the World Cup, whether that's at you know left centre-back if they play a back five, or he'll probably play left wing-back from time to time as well. We've seen Chilwell get a rest in the most recent game. So Kukurea at 5.1 certainly comes back into the thinking now. A Tottenham wing-back also added to the watch list, Matt Doherty. Interesting to see him start after Conte's strange comments on Friday. He said something along the lines of, you know, I'm not stupid. If I want to win games, I don't play Doherty. And then, of course, he goes and starts him and wins a game and keeps a clean sheet. So we all know what Doherty can do from his Wolves days. A couple of years ago, we all owned him. I think it was four goals, eight assists in one season. Would be nice if he could get an extended run in the team now. But there is still, I think, all season, there's going to be rotation in those Tottenham wing-back positions. But again, compared to Perisic at 5.5, Doherty's only, I think, 4.6. So you save almost a million there. If you're taking a punt on a Tottenham wing-back now, it probably is Doherty. But again, we probably need to see a little bit more in terms of starts. And we need to see probably public publicly uh, Conte backing him rather than bashing him like he did last week. I've gone back with my tail between my legs this week as well and added Saka to the watch list. So I, like I said, I was very reluctant to sell him. He's been doing well for me. He's been passing the eye test. And it's the curse of planning for blank game week strikes again. For those of us who sold Saka this week, we're preparing for game week 12. I mean, I could have held off. I could have just banked my transfer in and sold him after Liverpool game or maybe just sold him in game week 12. So, of course, I am slightly regretting that decision now. Probably in for more punishment in the Leeds fixture in game week 11. But straight back on the watch list and probably going to be straight back my team in game week 13 after that game week 12 blank. Just a big fan. and I think he's a really good FPL asset. Again, maybe wasn't so in the first couple of weeks of the season, but he's certainly firing all cylinders now. And took the penalty as well. That's what we were waiting for. Confirms that he is the penalty taker when everyone is on the pitch. Another player added, Marcus Rashford. You might ask, why is it not Anthony that's getting added to the watch list? Anthony has three goals in three games, but I'm still not convinced he is a better option than Rashford for one million less. So Rashford, he's on the watch list because of his price. 6.5, we've been saying it all season, he's underpriced. When he's fit, he is a pretty decent midfield option. So Rashford on the watch list, Anthony I'm not ready to go there just yet. Happy to spend a million less and back Rashford to you know match him for points, if not outscore him between now and the World Cup as well. Final player added is Skamaka at West Ham. I think that's three goals in three games now, if you include the European one. Another lovely finish at the weekend. Always going to be a bit of concern with him, though, because they do play Thursday nights. They've got Antonio as a striking option as well, who scored off the bench in game week 10. Tempt an option, but again, the rotation probably will scare me off him. And I'm never too keen on those Thursday night teams, especially the Thursday night teams like West Ham, who who tend to put out pretty strong lineups in Europe. Whereas, you know, we've seen it with Arsenal last week. They do make a lot of changes. You don't need to worry too much about their assets. So that is players added. Kepa, Kukurea, Doherty, Saka, Rashford and Skamaka. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. 
Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Moving on now to the question section. Thanks for everyone who sent them in. 10 of the best as always. First one from Sean Henderson. Are Liverpool a resounding avoid for now? Sean says they seem to be in disarray in all areas. Sean says maybe apart from Nunes at the moment. Yeah, it's a complete mess. It is 10 points in eight games for Liverpool this season. And it's hard to believe that they beat Bournemouth 9-0 and Bournemouth are now ahead of them in the table, as are Fulham. Both teams have played a game extra, but still shouldn't have two newly promoted teams ahead of you in the table if you are Liverpool. Obviously, Manchester City next doesn't get any easier for Liverpool and Trent issues, Luis Diaz issues. Lots of goals conceded recently, so you, you know you stay away from the defenders. Those who have Salah are probably in a tricky spot now because the reason you had him, a lot of it was because of Game 12 and you're probably looking to captain him in Game 12. He was anonymous in that Arsenal game, came off after about 68 minutes. We you know rarely see that happening. It's never a good sign when Liverpool need goals or you know, fighting to come back in a game and they're taking off one of their main goal scorers. So I think we're, we are starting to see the decline of Salah in the Premier League. He's been so good for so long, but on current evidence, he is no longer fantastic FPL option it's just too expensive and there's a lot more you can do with the cash hopefully he will at some point come back strongly and we can consider him again especially when it comes to captaincy and stuff like that but on this season he is not a good FPL pick now the plan for a lot of people like myself was we're kind of eyeing up Salah and gave me 12 you know as an exit route from De Bruyne who doesn't have a fixture I'm not feeling great about that right now so I may go elsewhere. I might you know, start spreading the cash around a little bit more in the Rampton World Cup and just avoid Salah completely until we see a huge improvement from him, but, but more importantly, a huge improvement from Liverpool as well. And again, those injuries, if they are serious to Trent and Luis Diaz, that is not going to help things because Diaz in particular has been one of the one of the shining lights this season and towards the end of last season as well. So I do think Liverpool are an avoid. You certainly don't buy any of their assets ahead of a Manchester City fixture. I think we, we would all, most of us would expect City to win that one comfortably now, given how they're playing and how Liverpool are playing. So yeah, the tricky situation is what do you do if you own them? I still think it's absolutely fine to sell them. The tricky thing is, you know, the best assets are at Man City and Arsenal, who don't have a fixture in Game Week 12. So this blank really is causing us a lot of headaches. But certainly don't go and buy a Liverpool player this week. Question from key to swift Who is the best replacement for Trent? So it does look like there could be an injury there, even if there isn't. 
I still think he's probably a sell. There's only one game week. The Bournemouth game is the only game week where he got points. Everything else has been two points or less. So it's eight or nine, maybe even, yeah, eight or nine blanks at this stage for Trent. So I think he's got to go. And I still don't think much has changed in terms of who the best defenders are. Cancelo, obviously, right up there. Even though he was benched, I still think Rhys James is up there as one of the best picks. We've seen Chelsea keep back-to-back clean sheets now against Milan and in the league as well. So hopefully James can start to benefit from those when he's back in the team. And Trippier remains a really good option. Uh, Newcastle scored five goals. They didn't keep a clean sheet and Trippier still got bonus points. So he's just a bonus point magnet, very often getting seven or eight points rather than just your standard six-pointer. So even though it's Manchester United next, if you don't have him, I still think Trippier is a pretty good player to buy. And when you look further afield than those three, Cancelo, James and Trippier, there's not a huge amount out there. If you're selling Trent, what you might want to do if you already have those three or you're not too keen on getting Trippier before Manchester United, you probably just drop way down to you know 4.5 million or less and then you use the trend cash to invest in midfield. There's so many good midfield options. Or you might fancy Kane and you might want to use some trend cash to go for Harry Kane up front along with Haaland. So yeah, Trent gotta go at this stage if you still have him. FPL08 asks best Salah replacements please and please do not say hold. Yeah I probably said hold last week to those who asked about Salah because you know the West Ham fixture gave me 12. I think gave me 13-14 is pretty good as well. But it's getting, with each passing week, if you are a Salah owner, it's getting harder and harder to justify keeping him. Because like I said, for a underperforming 13 million asset, you can get two of these mid-price midfielders or even a decent striker as well instead. So I mentioned that it's tricky to sell Salah because the best replacements are Arsenal and Manchester City players. Foden, for example, Martinelli, if you don't have him, Saka. But they don't play in 12. So it's quite tricky to sell Salah for players from those teams. You're probably looking at... It's the usual suspects. Madison's still a good option. Zaha's got the fixtures. Bowen, another goal from the penalty spot. So back-to-back game weeks now where he's in the points and the fixtures are still pretty good. Trossard. Trossard's got Nottingham Forest in game week 12, which could even be a captaincy fixture now when we don't have Haaland to choose from. Then the other option if you're selling Salah, especially if you've got two free transfers or you're happy to take a hit or two, you could pivot from Salah to Kane because Kane is delivering week after week, very consistent. I think it's only one blank all season for Harry Kane in terms of FPL points. So there is options out there. If I did own Salah, I would be selling, but it's not that straightforward because some people have issues this week. You know, if you have a Trent, if you have a Mitrovic, and if we don't get positive news there, we might need to sell him. So even though he's very, very frustrating and he's very expensive, Salah might not be your biggest fire to fight at the moment. And, you know, if you do have him and he is your biggest fire, you know, then it is a case, I think, of, of selling him and using that cash more wisely elsewhere. Question from Ten of Beans FPL. I love, I love all of these FPL names you come across on Twitter. There's not too many that haven't been used now. So Tin of Beans asks, is it better to try and save a transfer for Game Week 13 to maximise picking up City and Arsenal assets rather than spending transfers in Game Week 12 in the latest stage of turfing them out? Yeah, so a lot of us have been kind of slowly phasing out our City and Arsenal picks. I got rid of Saka. 
I'm probably going to get rid of De Bruyne in game week 12. But then we're definitely going to want them back in. You know, We want probably triple Arsenal, triple City. I think the next question from Simon Ashby was after game week 12, is it essential to have three Arsenal and three City players? And I think it is. They're the two best teams in the league, City in particular. Uh, I've seen a lot of people going into the Southampton fixture and they were they were tweeting about owning only two Man City players didn't feel like enough. Um, so I do certainly think you want to have triple City. And I think triple Arsenal from game week 13 to 16 looks good too when you look at the Arsenal fixtures. So overall, I think the ideal triple up, like I said, from City is Cancelo, Foden, Haaland. And at Arsenal, it's looking like the attackers. So Martinelli, Saka and Jesus. I can see myself going back to those three at some point around game week 13, game week 14 as well. So it was a good question from Tin of Beans. I feel like I'm talking to a, a, a Tin of Heinz Beans now. It feels feels very odd. But Tin of Beans was asking about saving a transfer for game week 13. So basically trying to arrive at game week 13 with two free transfers. So for the last few weeks, I've been kind of thinking I would arrive at game week 12 with two free transfers and get rid of De Bruyne, maybe even get rid of Cancelo as well. But the closer we get to it, I like the idea of, I'm probably going to bank a transfer this week, but even though I'm going to have two free transfers in game week 12, I might make just one transfer, carry one over, and what that means is game week 13, you can use two free transfers to get two players in from City and Arsenal. So like Sosaka, Jesus, Phil Foden. So my early plan would be get rid of De Bruyne, game week 12, that frees up the Foden spot so we can get Foden back in with 13 and a Saka or a Jesus. So that's my thinking. I do think it's a good idea now to try and arrive at 13 with two free transfers to target those Man City and Arsenal players because we want them back and we're going to want them back as soon as possible and as easily as possible. Next question is from Love Yours. It seems Kane is hardly ever blanking. Is he a must-have along with Haaland? And is the right Tumium, Haaland and Kane? Yeah, certainly at the moment, Haaland and Kane looks like the two best premiums to own, given that Salah is not delivering. Son's not doing a huge amount either. And Kevin De Bruyne has the blank coming up soon. So Kane and Haaland is certainly a viable strategy. I had a quick tinker around with my team today and I kind of looked at what a squad would look like with Kane and Haaland up front. But then I also looked at a team that had just Haaland and maybe five you know, five midfielders priced from basically from Martinelli upwards. So Martinelli up to probably around 8.5 million, you know, your Sackas and your Bowens and these kind of players. And I still think I probably prefer just one premium at the moment, which is Haaland. You captain him every week. Then the rest of your squad is quite, you know, very well balanced. You can have five pretty good mid-priced midfielders. Whereas if you, if you put Kane in, it's still doable. You could still have a probably a 3-4-3 formation or a 3-5-2 formation with Kane up front. So there's there's certainly different ways to go here. You're probably looking at a Kane route now or you're looking at a route where you have maybe four or five pretty good mid-priced midfielders. I'm leaning towards, I'm still leaning towards no Kane because I wouldn't captain him very often because I've just captain Haaland. And I like a midfield five of, you know, Madison, Saka, Bowen, Zaha, Foden, something like that sounds sounds pretty good to me. Question from Aaron Lee. Is it still time to keep Mitrovic or is it time to put the cash on a budget striker instead and move the rest of the cash into midfield? And Aaron says here, assuming you've got two free transfers. Yeah, so a lot of people will have two free transfers going into game week 11, which does give you a bit more flexibility. I've only got the one. If I had two, if we get negative news on Mitrovic, there will be a strong case for letting him go because it might be one of those where 
it's not clear when he's going to be back and it could rumble on for a few weeks, especially when game week 11, game week 12, so game week 11 is the weekend and then game week 12 is midweek, only two or three days later. So if there's no good news on Mitrovic, he could end up missing you know, those two game weeks that are very close together. And in that case, probably makes more sense to sell him. So I don't mind that if you're selling Mitrovic. Again, just wait for an update later in the week. I wouldn't sell him just yet. So if there is bad news on him, you could use two free transfers. And I still like someone like Solanke. Uh, you know, frees up cash, 90-minute man on penalties. Popped up with a few assists at the weekend, much to the delight of his early backers. I'm sure a lot more people will go that way because, again, Solanke facilitates more cash in midfield and helps you to buy good defenders as well. So I don't mind that. But again, Mitrovic information is very important this week and hopefully we do get clarity from Marco Silva on Friday. Any journalists who are listening, if you are going to be in the room with Marco Silva on Friday, make sure you push him on the Mitrovic situation for us FPL managers. Question from Dan Copson. With a good run of Palace fixtures and now hitting 90 minutes, is Odson Edward looking like a viable option? Yeah, I was looking at the Palace page when I was updating the watch list and I was kind of deciding whether or not to add Edward to the watch list. In the end, I didn't because I'm not yet ready to trust Patrick Vieira in terms of minutes for his strikers because we've got quite a lot of evidence over the last season, season and a half, of you know Mateta and Edward kind of swapping in and out of the team and whoever does start can often get you know, 55 minutes. Sometimes they don't even get to 60. Edward has started the last two and he's played about 85 minutes in both and most importantly scored in both games. But those are his first two goals of the season. So I'm not ready to go there just yet. I still think there's better strikers out there. I would probably still rather a Solanke uh, than an Edward just because of guaranteed minutes and the penalties as well. I still think Zaha, even though he didn't do much in the most recent game, I still think he's probably the best pick from the Palace attack. And Eze is emerging again as an option as well. So Edward, if he starts again next game week, he probably will get added to the watch list. If I, if I can get those three starts out of him, and if you get another goal as well, that would obviously help his prospects of keeping his place in the team. But I still think Mateta will start games, and Edward, it could be a trap, and I'm not ready to go there just yet. But good to see him getting goals and getting starts. Question from Mark Cram. What to do with Newcastle assets for the Manchester United game? Mark says, for example, I've got Pope, but I could play Wards. Currently benching Trippier and playing Reese James instead. So yeah, it doesn't bother me too much. I'm just going to start Nick Pope against United. I don't have an alternative anyway. I'm still very much in the camp of if you have Ward and you've got a another goalkeeper from another team who plays... I would never start Ward. I know we got an eight-pointer two game weeks back, but that was quite a fortunate clean sheet to get. They probably should have conceded in that game as well. Ward has Crystal Palace this week. I definitely fancy Palace to score against that Leicester defence. Nick Pope, yes, not a fantastic chance of a clean sheet this week. But again, hopefully it's just one of those games where he racks up saves and maybe a bonus point as well. And, and who knows, Newcastle are capable of, of keeping teams out. So you never know, they might end up keeping a clean sheet against United. But yeah, I would start Pope over Ward's. Benching Trippier for Reese James, that's probably okay this game week, but I still probably would prefer to see both of them in the starting 11. Fixtures don't bother me too much with Trippier because of the set pieces. He can pick up an assist in any game. And as we've seen, 
an assist for Trippier can be enough to pick up a bonus point or two as well. So I don't really like seeing Trippier on benches. But yeah, if you're if you're forced to play only one of Trippier and James, Reese James plays Aston Villa, so you'd have to fancy Chelsea for a clean sheet there, given Villa are struggling in front of goal. Final question is from Sean Saunders. It is another Newcastle question. Who are the best alternatives for Nick Pope? Sean points out that Nick Pope has only returned in three games out of nine. So yeah, looks like three clean sheets in the first nine games for Nick Pope. And I had a look, I opened up the goalkeeper section of FPL and I had a quick scroll through it and my conclusion was there's no one else. There's no one else. I think whatever goalkeeper you have at the moment, you just stick with them because there's no we don't have a Martinez this season. We don't have a you know a Tom Heaton or a even a Nick Pope from, from Burnley seasons. So whoever you have, you probably stick with them. And that, that probably even goes for the Leicester guys at this stage. Um, you know, as long as you can you know, the, the money you're saving on the Leicester guys, you use it elsewhere. You know, we're not too far away from unlimited transfer, so I don't think it makes much sense to use a, a pretty valuable free transfer on on the goalkeeper position when none of them are really doing well. You know, Ederson's looking okay, but then, you know, Cancelo, Foden, Haaland, De Bruyne, you want all of these players, so you don't want to take up a, a spot with Ederson. So yeah, if you have Pope, I think you just keep him until the World Cup and then we just reassess the goalkeeper position for the second half of the season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Taking a look at Game Week 11 captaincy now. I know it's basically Captain Haaland every week, but it's worth looking at the alternatives anyway, just for those people who might want to do something different. Haaland is away to Liverpool this week. Fixture on paper, not great. Fixture in reality is great, given how Liverpool are defending a season and how good Manchester City are. So I will be captain in Haaland unless something drastic happens between now and Friday. Again, a reminder, it is a Friday deadline this week, so don't get caught out by that. Foden, in the captaincy conversation, the way he's playing at the moment, De Bruyne is always an option as well, but again, I'm not looking past Haaland, given that he is a goal machine elsewhere. If you do want to do something different... Not that I would advise it. Saka, Martinelli and Jesus are away to Leeds. They're okay. Caden Sonner at home to Everton if you own those guys. And Mitrovic at home to Bournemouth was something I was interested in probably three or four weeks ago when I was looking at the captaincy matrix. But Haaland has just taken over as auto-captain now. So yeah, Captain Haaland again would be my advice here. In terms of transfer options for Game Week 11... Option one for me is always, can I save a transfer? I wish I saved a transfer last week, but Saka, I think I will save a transfer this week. My team looks absolutely fine on paper. Again, hopefully Mitrovic is okay because I really want him in particular, not so much for game week 11, but game week 12 is when we need him. So even if he was to miss out this week, 
I may end up just holding him through again if it looks like he'll be back for game week 12. If he gets ruled out for a while, then maybe I will look to sell. But again, I don't know where I would go. It'd probably be a case of, of a Solanke probably and using the cash for a midfielder, maybe a, maybe a minus four. So what I'm looking at kind of for the next couple of game weeks, game week 11, I would like to save. Game week 12, two free transfers, but hopefully get away with using just one. So probably Kevin De Bruyne out. Maybe even a one-week punt on someone like a Trossard uh, for that. And, and maybe even Captain Trossard against Nottingham Forest. And then two free transfers in game week 30, 13 with, a, with the focus on getting those uh, Arsenal and City players back. So Foden would probably come in because... I would have sold Kevin De Bruyne the week before. That frees up the city spot for Foden. And then that also frees up about 4 million quid to get Jesus back, probably for a Tony or maybe a Mitrovic. And then Saka, I want to get him back into midfield game week 13 as well. So that's my early thoughts. So let's see if I can stick to those plans. Surely not, because I'm sure other things will go wrong between now and then. Have a great week, folks. Enjoy the Champions League games. And best of luck for Game Week 11 when it rolls around. I'll be back. I don't think there's going to be a Friday episode because it's a Friday deadline. But keep an eye on the Twitter account for updates on that. If there's no Friday episode, the next one will be Monday because we have a Tuesday deadline the following week. So most likely next podcast will be next Monday. But keep an eye out to see if there's anything on Friday as well. I haven't decided on that just yet. It's probably a case of... If not much changes between now and Friday, I'll just leave it at at this episode. But if there's lots of change and lots of of new questions being asked, then I'll record a fresh episode on Friday afternoon. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time content creator, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get extra podcasts, a Thursday night live stream and a team reveal before each deadline. Have a great week, folks, and I'll talk to you all very soon. The Athletic.